And those kinds of issues can actually interfere with the person being able to show their love. So I could be feeling I'm not loved when it can really be that my mate is distracted because of these other factors going on in their life. This week, what to do if you're no longer feeling loved in your marriage. Dr. Karen Sherman has answers. Stay tuned. Have you signed up for our free newsletter yet? Of course you have. You listen to this podcast every week and you hear me constantly talking about how you just have to go to hitchmag.com and click the newsletter link. So I have a new assignment for you. If you could please give us a review on either iTunes or Stitcher, it would be greatly appreciated. It helps us and that we show up higher in the rankings. So go ahead. It takes just a couple seconds, uh, either on iTunes or Stitcher, whichever is your preferred method of listening to this podcast. And thank you so much in advance. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, And, you know, Hitched, for those who are tuning in for the first time, we are here to entertain, educate, and inspire your marriage. Um, not everything has to be a crisis and we like to dig into the nitty gritty of marriage, the pedantic side of it, if you will. Um, so this week we are going to talk about not feeling the love. Um, you, you, you have been in a marriage for a while and you, your, your, your husband or wife has told you that they love you, but you don't feel it. Um, and I want to start off, Karen, by asking, is this an indicator that something's wrong if you just don't feel the love in your marriage anymore? Not necessarily. Um, you know, it's certainly something you want to pay attention to, but you have to realize that love is really a living kind of entity, and so it comes and goes. And there are going to be some days, some weeks, maybe even a little bit longer than that, where you just aren't really feeling so great about your partner. And that can be pretty scary when it happens because it's like, oh my God, you know, I'm supposed to be married to this person and we're supposed to be here for the long haul. And as I said, it can it can really sort of, you know, make you very anxious. However, if you know that you're just may have be having a bad day or a bad stretch or whatever and not get so nervous by it, I think it will be a lot better. So, you know, just sort of flow with it. And know that it comes and goes, and then that will make it easier to transition. So you say that this is something that comes and goes. So this this is something that's relatively common, you think? Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't remember if I ever told this story before on our podcast, but I remember um, years ago, a client that I had, I had been seeing her individually, and then she got married, and then she called me up in a panic uh, one time and said, I, I've got to get in there as quickly as I can. And in the interim, she'd gotten married, and she said, 
I don't think that I, I love my husband. And I started to laugh. And normally I don't laugh at my clients, but this was somebody I had known for a long time. We had a very good relationship. And I said, oh, that. And she said, what do you mean, oh, that? And I said, well, yeah. And I basically explained what I just did to you. And she said, but nobody tells you that. And I think that that really is a problem for people because, you know, so much of what goes on in life, in our marriage is based on our expectations. So if you expect that I'm going to have those good feelings all the time, then you're going to get very concerned when you don't have that feeling. But do you love your job every day? You know, do you like yourself every day? Most of us don't like ourselves most days. Um, you know, do you like your friends all the time? Feelings come and go. And so, so does the loving feelings that you have towards your mate. And you shouldn't panic if you're having a little bit of a downspin for a little while. Now, if it continues um, or you notice that you're not happy with the way certain issues are being handled or the way you're uh, having conflicts or whatever, that's a, different, that's a different kind of an issue. But if basically you're just not feeling the love, don't get nervous about it right away. Okay. And so I'm also guessing that this is something that happens over time. Um, you know, it, like I'm guessing this doesn't happen to a newlywed because we know that there are biological chemicals going on in that right. honeymoon phase that are bonding them and making right. them feel good about things. So this is something I'm guessing that happens over time. Um, so what can you do um, or how can your spouse – or you express that this is going on, these are the feelings that you're having, um, that, you know, you just are feeling less loved and, and you would like to feel more love. Okay, so before I answer that question, which of course I will, let me say that not only does this happen, you're right, not initially, but over time, this may happen more than one time. The only difference will be that when you see that it comes back, you won't get as nervous, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um... I don't know that I would necessarily run to my partner and say, I don't love you anymore, because I think that that can be very joke. No, I, I actually want to flip it. If, if your spouse, if you, if you don't feel like your spouse is loving you, not that you don't love your spouse, oh, okay. but like it, you don't feel like it's being reciprocated, almost okay. like you're being taken advantage of, or taken for okay. granted. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. I think that, uh, again, in my usual formula, I would say you know, I'm sure that you're not even aware of this or you've been very busy lately or whatever, but of late, um, there's just so much going on that I'm not feeling that the kinds of things that we used to do that made me feel lo loved are going on and, and I miss you, you know, or I, I miss those things. Mm -hmm. So notice again, the three parts, the first part is take the person off the hook. Don't blame them because you don't want them to get defensive. The second part is merely explaining the situation objectively. And the third part is talking about your feelings. Okay. okay? And I, and notice again, I didn't blame the person. I said, I'm missing you. Or I, I used to enjoy so much what we used to do. So I haven't blamed the other person. Got it. Okay. Okay. So you can let them know it that way. Okay. All right. Um, so, so what are, like, what are some actions, though? Because we okay. know, we hear this often that, you know, actions speak louder than words. And it could be one thing, you know, I'm playing this scenario out in my head where you tell your spouse, you know, I'm just not feeling the love, right? Like, or, you know, not, you know, I, I miss the things that um, you, we, we, we used to do because you're letting them off the hook, right? Right. And your spouse comes back and says something like, 
well, you know, I love you. Of course I love you. Um, that doesn't help the feelings that you have. So I want to know, like, are there actions that can be done and taken to turn things around? Yes. So I have to tell you that I think one of the best tools that um, was presented to us as therapists is the work that was done by Dr. Gary Chapman, who talked about the five languages of love. And what he said is that different people have different ways in which they would like to be loved. And so the five ways are with words, with physical touch, with random acts of kindness, with gifts, and with spending time together. Okay, so again, physical touch, words, uh, random acts of kindness, gifts or presents, and spending time. So a, a while ago, I sent out a tweet speaking about this and saying, if your partner wants to hear that you love them and you keep buying gifts, you're wasting your money. Because it's like you're speaking, in his words, two different languages. And so you're miscommunicating. And so one of the best things that you can do is have a conversation that's basically, how can I best let you know that I love you? Mm -hmm. You know? Well, when you, you know, take some time out of your schedule to just watch TV with me and spend time with me, that really makes me feel good. Oh, so you mean the, you know, gold necklace I bought you last week, that wasn't enough? Well, yeah, it was nice, but I really would rather spend time with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, when, when you, when we go out and you put your arm around me or we hold hands, that would be physical. You know, those little gestures mean the world to me. So you have to have a discussion about how it is that you feel loved and then the person has to try to tune in and give the love in the manner in which the other person wants to be loved. Okay. And when I've explained this to couples, it's like a light bulb goes off and it's like, wow. And, and then all of a sudden when they start to do that, it really is very, very helpful to them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what about like grand gestures? Um, like, could that be something that works or doesn't work or well, ill-advised? If gonna, well, if it's going to be a grand gesture, but in the wrong language, using Gary Chapman's model again, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a waste. So if um, I go out now and buy a diamond tennis bracelet, that's a grand gesture. But if all I wanted was for you to um, think about buying me a uh, $2 ice cream cup on your way home, which is a random act of kindness, or to uh, do a chore for me that I normally do, then you spent a lot of money on a grand gesture that's really a waste of money. Well, I guess what I... Okay, so let's actually want to step back. So look, we have, we have um, Gary Chapman's book, mm-hmm. uh, The Five Love Languages, and but- you have identified what it is that your spouse, mm-hmm. how your spouse likes to appreciate and feel love. Like mm-hmm. you, you know what the language is. Right. Can you give them like a romance bomb of that juice that they want? So if, if for example, it is spending time together. Yes. Well, rather than like, okay, well let's, you know, binge watch something this weekend on the couch on Netflix. As opposed to that, it's like, let's take a trip somewhere 
where we are isolated and spending time together. Like that would be the, that, I guess that's kind of the grand gesture that I'm talking about. Yes. Or um, if they are one of those people who feel grand gestures through gifts and it's like, well, I know they need a new car. We've been talking about it. I could surprise them with a new car. Like that being the grand gesture that falls within their love language. Yes. I think that that would be terrific. However, if you're going to make one grand gesture and then not follow it up with some kind of consistency, I think it's going to bomb. Okay. All right. So I think that consistent little acts that fall within the domain of your mate's love language is going to be far more effective than one big grand gesture. And then you think, okay, I, you know, I, I did my big thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then what should you, um, like what role should you play if you aren't feeling the love, like, is it possible that you, like, that you aren't helping the situation? If, oh, if like, oh, yeah. like, if your spouse is like, I love you, I love you. And, you know, and I think I, you know, we've already kind of talked about this a bit, but, you know, if you are attacking your spouse, it's probably not going to help you feel the love because they're just going to become defensive, right? Absolutely. But it can, it can be far more subtle than that. And I would have to tell you that a good number of couples that I see, that's exactly what goes on. So first of all, we have research that indicates that people who are, you know, in love, close relationships can pick up their energy, their brain to their heart from as much as 20 feet away from one another. And, and it's subtle energy. It's not like, you know, major things going on. So in other words, when my husband walks in the house, I look at him or I can immediately sense, you know, what he's feeling and likewise. So if, um, if my husband, let's say, um, if, 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 if I'm not feeling loved by him, then that's going to hurt me. And so I'm probably going to pull away a little bit. Now, once I pull away a little bit, even though it may be very subtle and small, he's going to notice that shift. And again, when I say notice, I don't mean that he's going to now sit down and have a talk with me, but he's going to respond to that. Okay, so now this goes to my principle of action-reaction. Mm -hmm. So now he's going to notice it, pull away from me because he now feels like I'm not as available to him. And now I'm going to again respond or react to him pulling away. And little by little, the slight difference between us becomes larger and larger. That gap becomes larger and larger. And when I've worked with couples, it's a very interesting process to go back to where the initial rub was, so to speak, mm -hmm. and see how this actually played out. I'm reminded of a couple years ago who was having a sexual problem, and they came in saying that it was a sexual problem. But when we unpacked it, it turned out that she felt that she was always initiating. And so she basically said to him, I'm really uncomfortable that I'm always initiating, and, and I don't want to do it anymore. You know, I'd like you to initiate. And so she put that out there, but he did not initiate. Well, she took that to mean that he didn't want to have sex. Mm -hmm. But basically, he was only doing what he always did, which was not to be the initiator. Mm -hmm. But because she had, quote, told him this, and he didn't respond to it, she felt rejected. So she pulled away, 
he did notice that, that she pulled away. He thought, oh, she doesn't want to have sex anymore. Plus she's not initiating. So he left her alone. Well, now she picked that up. Now she pulled away further and on and on and on. And it took us a little while to unravel what happened, but it was basically because she basically changed her stance and then all this other stuff came as a reaction to it. That You know, that's a really great point. Uh, I, I mean, I love that anecdote because I think that shows the complexity of marriage just in general mm-hmm. um, and that we are individuals who come together and we will change and evolve over time. And what we liked in our 20s uh, might change in our 30s, might change in our 40s. Sure. And goals and dreams and motivations and actions. And sometimes you change it up for a variety of reasons. Boredom, yes. excitement, mm-hmm. adventure. You just want to try something new like or just exhaustion, right? Like you're tired of being the initiator. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to flip the role a little bit, flip the script. Um, yeah. And let's not forget that life gets in the way. You know, there's all sorts of things just happening in the day-to-day life that can can have an impact on you. But if you don't talk about it or you don't communicate about it, you're still going to react to it. Yeah. I actually – so what, do you, what are your thoughts on um, – I feel like one of the benefits of just cohabitation in general uh, is you're able to establish a routine. Mm-hmm. And so – you you brought up the the story of walking through the door and throwing off that vibe a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and so they start pulling away from each other. But if there's a built-in routine, um, like I know there ha- have been studies um, done on on uh, eating dinner together as a family, mm-hmm. um, and one of the biggest things about that is it kind of forces the family together to kind of talk about their day. And, right. and you, you, you are able to have those conversations, but, um, if couples just kind of like walk through the door and kind of go their separate ways and there is no routine or whatever, um, you know, it, I think it would be easier to have that, um, those, those misinterpretations or, and those miscommunications like those, I think, are, like when I think of those kind of problems, I understand that they happen in very established relationships, but they also seem kind of like um, like immature high schoolish problems where like, oh, like I don't think that boy likes me, write yes or no on the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because like because you're not adult enough yet to talk about it, but in more established um, mature relationships – you'll sit down at the dinner table and you have that conversation. Like, you know, I really would like you to initiate it more. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a big assumption, Steve. I I don't know that because we're more mature, uh, we have those conversations because let's remember that emotions are very vulnerable and we don't necessarily have those conversations. Okay. Let me, I should clarify when I say mature, I mean, emotionally mature, not like as mature people because people grow up and pay their bills and have the emo- the e- the emotional um, <laughs> intelligence of like a 15-year-old, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just because people are quote-unquote mature in um, the lifestyle that they live, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it makes them um, have a mature EQ mm-hmm. uh, to where they have these understandings. But you know, we, we talk about what we talk about every single week 
because we're trying to help people recognize these different tools that are at their disposal um, that they could use at any point in time. Um, and that, you know, just like bumping up your own personal, like intellectual intelligence, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that what we provide every week helps people um, boost their emotional intelligence as well because they start to think about how their spouse may be responding or they start recognizing those little things that you're talking about, about how these small little things can play a bigger role and the action and reaction and, you know, empathy and all these different things that we talk about on a weekly basis can, can help them further down the line. Well, my answer to that, or my, my reaction to that is, I think what you're saying is wonderful. And if everybody did that, uh, it would help put me out of business, which would be lovely. Um, but I still think that when it comes to emotions, most of us feel very vulnerable and it's very hard to do that. So I'm going to offer two things. One, you've heard ad nauseum, which is do your regular checkups with each other, because if you do that, then you stay on top of it. It doesn't get too big. It doesn't, you know, it's much easier to lose five pounds than it is to lose a hundred pounds. So by doing the regular check-ins, um, it, it's easier to, to be mindful of what's been going on in your relationship. The other thing I'm going to tell you is that we know for a fact that women have a better pulse on a relationship. They are just more emotionally sensitive to knowing what's going on in the relationship. We could probably do a whole show on that, but for now, let's just take it at, at that fact. And so if they are picking up that something is off in the relationship, it would behoove them to bring it to their mate's attention. Now, the complaint I hear all the time from women is, why do I have to be the initiator? Why do I have to be the initiator? Well, first of all, biologically, you're going to be the one that's going to pick it up. And number two, think of it more as being the empowered one because you're then going to be able to do something about it. And what I learned to do with my husband, um, because he's a very sensitive guy, which is the good news that he's so sensitive. And then the bad news is he's so sensitive. So I had to figure out a way to present, you know, when I was picking up that something was off with him. And so what we came up with, and I'm sharing it because maybe this would help other people, is when I pick up that he's off, I will say something like, you know, I could be wrong, there's the first part, but I've noticed, I'm sensing that your energy seems a little bit off. Mm -hmm. And so would you think about it and sort of get back to me? Because again, biologically, men are not going to process as quickly as women are. And I'm not shoving it down his throat. I'm not taking control. I'm not accusing him of anything. But then he has a chance to process it and think about it. And then he comes back to me. Now, there are a lot of guys who won't do that. So you can just add and say, you know, we can, I, I'm going to, you know, bring it up to you again in a day or two. Let's, you know, let's see if you came up with anything. But what that does again is it allows you to sort of stay on top of the relationship and, you know, talk about your feelings. Uh, is anything going on? Is it work or, you know, is there family issues with your extended family that's been bothering you? Are you feeling stressed financially or whatever? And, and that way, um, you, you know what's happening with the other person. And those kinds of issues 
can actually interfere with the person being able to show their love. So mm -hmm. I could be feeling I'm not loved when it can really be that my mate is distracted because of these other factors going on in their life. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And and I think that gets back to, like you said, having those check-ins because mm -hmm. uh, if you know that your spouse is having a rough time at work, say, or a family member is sick or something along those lines, you it would be easier for you to connect those dots like, oh, this isn't about me. Right. This exactly. is about what, you know, and I also liked uh, uh, how you brought up the, it's easier to lose five pounds than a hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about emotional maturity and the, and that little rant that I went on. Um, and I think it brings up an easy point, a, a good point, which is we, we all know what is required to stay healthy. Um, you know, exercise and eating right. Mm -hmm. But actually doing it is much harder, much more difficult and we just because people listen to the podcast or they know that they should empathize with it, like that's much easier said than done, I guess, is what I'm getting yes. at. Yes. And so just as your emotional health, your physical health, these things, um, it's it's not it's not the most difficult thing to do in the world, but it does require constant vigilance. Um, if you want to lose that 100 pounds, you're not going to be able to do it in a weekend. You're going to mm -hmm. have to stay on it all day, every day, over months and years, mm -hmm. and especially if you want to keep that 100 pounds off. And right. the same thing with your relationship. If you want to have it strong and healthy for decades, you have to have those check-ins like you were talking about. Yes, yes. Um, all right. Well, I, I hope people feel the love <laughs> after after this episode. And if they're not, they now have the tool set to, to find it again. Uh, so uh, thank you so much, Karen. You're very welcome, Steve. Uh, that is going to do it for us this week. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over three decades. Um, she has a new radio show out called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. In just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how you can resolve it. And uh, new situations will be presented each Wednesday, and this is on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, you can also get more information at Karen's website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, and you can find us on our website, hitchedmag.com, along with all the archives to the podcast. Uh, we have a podcast link on the homepage. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast there on the, uh, the various uh, big, big uh, podcast players. Um, and read all the articles that we have on there as well. We got tons of stuff, um, including like an anniversary gift guide. Uh, we have money stuff. We have sex stuff. We have in-law stuff. We have just general how to improve your marriage information. Uh, you name it, we have it. So if you haven't visited the website, um, check it out. I think you will really enjoy it and find it useful. And if you do find it useful, I would say the easiest way to stay on top of all this information is through our newsletter. And all you need to do is take two seconds, click the newsletter link, and enter your email address. 
and that's it. And you will get an updated information every single week, including uh, an update of when the new podcast comes out. So uh, do that as well. So that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, one last time. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs>